right. Good morning, Digital Cathedral family. Let me welcome you to this Sunday morning edition of the Digital Cathedral. And I want you to strap your seatbelt in this morning because we're going to go deep and we're going to go wide. And I'm going to stretch you some this morning, which I kind of do every Sunday morning, I think, stretch you some. But this is going to be a little bit of extra this morning. So take it in, think about it, ponder about it, uh, crockpot it, whatever you want to do, marinate it. But let's, uh, let's look at some things today that probably are, are, gonna, are, good, are just flat out going to challenge us a little bit. Because um, we're learning about the new creation. I'm, I, I'm, I'm personally seeing a lot about the new creation that we have not explored. We have not gone near deep enough nor understood just what the Father had in mind when he made us a brand new creation. It's way beyond anything that we've envisioned. I think it's way beyond any, anything, even those of us that have em, embraced what this current tsunami is it's, that's coming across the globe. He's pushing us out even from that. We have not understood or really given enough thought to what the new creation, to how much we really possess with this. I've talked to you about identity as divinity and that is fully expressed in the new creation. And if you're selling the new creation short, of being a partaker of the divine nature and, and in its fullness, then I think you've way sold it short. In fact, in, in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 13, let me just start there because I think this puts a, a good measure on it. Ephesians 4, 13, Paul said, till we all come, till all of us come to this. It's not going to be just a select few. He said, we're all going to come to the unity of the faith. And let me stress again, unity is not uniformity. That doesn't mean we're all going to be cookie cutters of one another or all be exactly the same. The unity that draws us into the faith is the love of God. That is the one common denominator, I think, cuts across most denominational lines. So all the Father has to do is to deepen the love, the understanding of love, what unconditional love really is without conditions, and begin to reveal that to the Pentecostals, to the Baptists, the Lutherans, the Presbyterians. They may hold some distinctives, but I'm telling you, the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God is going to bring us, he said, to a perfect man or a mature man. Now, this mature man is going to express himself in a particular way. So this man that has come to the unity of the faith and has had revelation of what the knowledge of what the Son of God is really all about. Because in understanding the, the Son of God and understanding Jesus, you understand yourself because he's a reflection of who you actually are. He's a reflection of who the Father thinks, what the Father thinks about you. If you wonder what, what Dad thinks about you, look at Jesus. He doesn't think any different about you than what he did Jesus. The love, the depth of love that he has for you was expressed in Christ. So he really says that. He said, we're going to come to a perfect man. Watch this. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The new creation has got to come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And I don't think, honestly, we have allowed ourselves to even ponder and meditate, which I'm going to really dwell on this morning, of what that means, of what the a measure. How big a measure is that? What measure do you have on the stature of the fullness of Christ? Because whatever measure that you've put on it, I can almost guarantee you the measure is not big enough. It's got to be, it's got to be expanded. I like what the Passion Translation said out of that verse. So let me just read that real quick out of the Passion Translation. Then we're going to begin to unwind this as much as I can in 45 or 50 minutes. 
this, this is probably going to be a teaching you want to go back and look at several times because I'm going to, I'm going to shotgun some things that if you'll take what I shotgun and take it into your quiet time, the Spirit of Truth will expand it and, and reveal it to you. I can teach it, but I can't understand it for you. <laughs> you, under, you know what I mean? I can teach you the depths, but I can't understand it for you. That's, that's a function of the Spirit of Truth and you. That's between you and He. Right? Or you and he, she, or who, you and it, well, however you want to term the spirit of truth. That's what the job of the spirit of truth is, to unveil and unpack. So I can teach it, I can express it, and I think I'm pretty good at it. I know my gift, but I can't understand it for you. Now watch what, what the Passion Translation says. He says, these grace ministries, which in the, in the preceding verses, he's talking about the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. He said, they will function until we all attain oneness into the faith. Until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. Boy, that is, that is so rich. Until we know what it means to know the fullness of the Son of God. And finally, we become, we become one into a perfect man with full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed into the abundance of Christ. Boy, that Passion Translation really nails it down. So with, without a doubt, as I look back at my life and the journey that I've come through, and I'm saying this because I, I want to expand you this morning. I want you, to, I want you to never be satisfied with where you're at. You can be I, I, maybe satisfied. We need to be satisfied with where we are, but we, we shouldn't be happy with it. I guess I'm trying to, to get you to, to say, okay, I'm content with where I'm at, but I, I know that there's more. I know there's more that I can head into. And so I'm not just going to put a stake down and stay right where I am currently in my understanding and, and level of revelation. I know there's a whole lot more to bring me to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. When I look back at my life, I'd have to be honest with you, without a doubt, the greatest barrier, the greatest obstacle that the Spirit of Truth had to overcome in my life to reveal more to me, and I try to keep this flushed out, but he had to overcome this in my life, it was, were these preconceived, hard-wired, uh, stubborn, non-negotiable ideas that I had firmly developed, firmly developed about what the Bible already said. So that when I took the Bible and God would say something to me, it had to fit the constraints of what I knew about the Bible. Do you understand what kind of a box that puts God in when you say he cannot reveal to me anything outside my current understanding of Scripture? Religion uses that to control you and manipulate you and say, well, that doesn't line up with the Bible. And what they're really saying is it doesn't line up with our current understanding of the Bible. God's Word does not change. But he's not at all adverse in blowing up your, your present understanding of what the, word, what the Bible says. See, there, there again, that's a program response. We call the Bible the Word of God. The Bible never calls itself the Word of God. And I want to talk more about that this morning as I have time. So once he broke that barrier in me of those hardwired, preconceived, stubborn, non-negotiable ideas that I had, you know, one of my favorite responses was, well, the Bible says, well, the Bible says, and that's like, can't debate that because that's what, that's, that, in, in essence, we're saying God said, God said. But once those barriers were broken, I'm going to tell you what, the floodgate of revelation opened up in my life and it's still flooding in today. I'm seeing things I've never seen before. I'm seeing depths I've never seen. And I, I want to challenge you to come into that place along with me, which most of you are, many of you are, 
so that we can see more and we can see more and we can see more. And what he used to break those, that barrier down, that non-negotiable, hardwired, stubborn, preconceived ideas I had, first of all, it was grace. When I, got a, when I got a hold of a revelation of what grace means without any, without any hoops, without any works, without my effort, I'll tell you what, it transformed my life. And that automatically led me to a revelation of the love of God. And once I got the unconditional love of God nailed down because of grace, then I saw a fatherhood. I saw what a good father he was. And because he was such a good father, that tore up hell. That took the idea that he could ever place any of his offspring in a, in a uh, torture chamber for eternity without chance of escape, it totally obliterated it. It just, it just busted up. So love, grace, and fatherhood of God were three big ones for me. Then I caught on to mercy that endures forever, and I was off to the races. Now Jesus said something in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4 that I think is extremely important. And I want to launch off of this into the, the teaching this morning. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, Jesus said this. He said, man should not live by bread alone. I think he's referring to, to physical bread. But he should live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So he, we're, we're talking about two different types of feeding. Jesus said we shouldn't live just by physical bread, but there's a bread that will feed us internally. So this morning as we, as we um, kind of explore the new creation, the depths of the new creation, and when you're going to stumble right into this automatically when you come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, or that's where you see you're headed. You're going to automatically see that divinity is your identity. That's your authentic identity from the, from the time that God created us in his image and likeness, blew into us the breath of life that stamped us with an identity as divinity. As we explore that, as that's the new creation. The new creation has an identity as divinity. You cannot escape it. As we embrace it, as we begin to learn to function in it, then the words that Jesus speaks to us become increasingly important. And when I talk about the words of Jesus, I'm not talking about red ink on onion skin paper that's sandwiched between two leather covers, necessarily. Now, he may speak to you through the Bible. He may speak to you through Scripture, but we can't limit him to speaking to us that way. I'm talking about what Jesus says to you through the spirit of truth that dwells in you. There's a spirit connection between what Jesus says and the spirit of truth that is within you that when that connection takes place, all of a sudden you're going to start to know that you know that you know that you know some things that you never knew before. Jesus said it like this in John chapter 6 and verse 63. We're going to look at some scripture this morning, like we usually do at the Digital Cathedral. I'm a, I'm a Bible guy, always have been, probably always will be. John chapter 6, verse 63. Jesus said, it is the spirit that gives life. Flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, and that's part of the verse that I wanted to get into. Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they're spirit and they are life. That's, that's what quickens us. That's what brings us alive is the word that he speaks to us. So the words that I speak to you, they're spirit in our life. Now, can that come through the Bible? Absolutely. Does it have to absolutely come through the Bible? No, for sure. There are words that he's going to speak to you. I mean, even scripture recognizes that everything that Jesus said was not recorded. It said all the books of the world couldn't contain everything that Jesus said if we tried to record it. So the words that Jesus speaks to you, here's what it does. Here's what they do. They take your inner man and they tune it to the right frequency to hear and to receive the things that you need out of the kingdom. 
The kingdom is our storehouse. The kingdom is our provision. Everything we need, the kingdom resides within. Everything we need, that's our garden, is within the kingdom. And, and I'll, I'll probably repeat this verse, but Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God, dwell in the kingdom, think on the kingdom, ponder on the kingdom. All these things will be added. So we don't go after the things, we go after the kingdom. The words that Jesus speaks to you tunes your spirit, man. When he begins to speak to you, and you, and you pull that in, you think about it, you marinate it, you crockpot it, you think about it, you, you meditate. It tunes your spirit. What Jesus is getting at in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4, he's saying to us there is a better source, there's a greater power, there's a fuller supply than the, than the material substance that you see. That's the bread that you see. Jesus said you shouldn't live by bread alone. But now he brings this bread into a substance. He says there's a higher mindset. There's a, there's a higher way to, to contemplate than natural thinking. He said there's a, there, there's a greater reality than what our senses perceive. That's the bread that's on outside of us. That's what our senses perceive. Jesus said, look, there's a better way to live. There's a better way to walk than that. While you're in John chapter 6, come back to John chapter 4 and let me read, let me read a little bit more what Jesus said about this. And we're going we're gonna to start really diving into this in just a minute. John chapter 4, verse 31. Jesus says this. In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. Have, we've, we, we need to feed you. We've gone into town. We've gotten you a Big Mac and a large order of fries and a chocolate shake. Jesus said in verse 32, I have food to eat that you don't know about. So again, he's leading them into this feeding of the inner man that does not come from outside of us. Does not come from out. What the, the real substance, the spirit and the life is fed to you within. Therefore, the disciples said to one another, has anybody brought him anything to eat? They're still thinking natural. Jesus said, my food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to finish the work. I believe Jesus was successful. He finished everything the Father sent him to do, which was to seek and to save that which was lost. So here's, here's what Jesus is getting at there. Either you look at the bread that appears on the outside for your strength, and that's fine for, spirit, for, for natural strength, or you tune into the word of spirit and life that Jesus speaks to you, and that feeds your spirit, man. That feeds you inside just as much as that whole wheat bread feeds your outside man. So Jesus was trying to tune them into the fact that, look guys, I'm, I'm teaching you how to get the inner strength, how to get the inner revelation that you need. So it's only when you're conscious, here's the point I'm driving home here at the start of this teaching. It's only when you're conscious of his word to you, does it become bread? Does it become the water of life? Does it become meat to eat? that the natural man doesn't know anything about? Does it become the staff that you can lean on? The word has got to be, the word of God has got to be a lot more than a quotation from a book. If that's all it is, it's never going to take you very far. It's never going to take you very deep. You can memorize it. You can memorize it. But it has got to come alive within us. It has got to be quickened within us. So it's, it's, it's no longer words but it becomes part of us. It takes on flesh of our flesh. You, you become the word made flesh, right? Now, your perception has been Jesus was the word made flesh. Absolutely was. But as he is, so are you in this world. You, 
Let, let's just flip it. Probably our consciousness was more flesh conscious. So we are, we are flesh that, that day by day, as he reveals to us, we are becoming the word exactly what Jesus was. So we got to move past this thing. Well, the Bible says, see, that's been, that's been the immediate response. What do you, what do you think about this or that? Well, the Bible says, see, we know the Bible. We got it nailed. We got it memorized. That's not going to feed you. The important thing is what has he said to you? You can measure your depth. You can measure your journey by what he has said to you. The word of God is powerful. It is powerful. Where do you find the word of God? Do you find it in a book? Not necessarily. You don't find it in a book. Hebrews 4.12. Here, here's, here's a scripture that we've, we've always applied to the Bible, and I don't think it has any reference to scripture um, exclusively. Hebrews chapter 4.12 says that the word of God is quick. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Able to divide the spirit from the soul, the joints from the marrow. It's quick. It means it's alive. It's powerful. Now, we've always applied that to the Bible. I, here's what I have found. When he reveals a word to me, when he speaks to me, that word is quick. It's alive, man. It, it's, 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 it has a frequency to it. It has a, a vibration to it. And it separates. I can see what I'm doing now out of my spirit and my soul. There's nothing else that can do that but the word of God. I see where my soulish tendencies are, my mind, my will, my emotions. I see where I'm working out of those three things. And I see where I'm living out of spirit. In fact, I can stand back and watch the spirit and the soul battle for supremacy. The word of God separates them. The word's merismos. It separates. It, it, it divides asunder, merismos. It, it, it's separate. You can see, you can, and you, as you develop in this, at the beginning, you can stand back and watch the battle. The soul wants supremacy. The mind wants to control things. But the spirit is over here working within you and it's moving to a top priority position. But the, the soul doesn't want to give up easily. So there's a battle that goes on. And there's a point in time when you begin to heed the things that are coming within you that the spirit takes supremacy. The mind is a wonderful servant. Your mind is a powerful tool. It's a wonderful servant, but it's a terrible boss. It was never, in, it was never intended to be your boss. It was intended to serve under the direction of the spirit. So where does the word of God come from? It comes from what he speaks within you, not necessarily the Bible. You, you, you can, millions of people have a Bible. Yep, that big old family Bible sitting on the coffee table, it's got dust on it, nobody reads it. Millions of people have a Bible sitting beside their bed, but they have no clue what God is saying. They have no clue what the word of God is. So as, as long as it's just print on a page, as long as it's just, entrapped within a leather covers. It does not transform you. It does not change you. You will not be flesh becoming the word, but it's when that word drops into your spirit. See, he, he works, he drops it in. It Dropping in is not a good illustration. Let me take that back because that gives you the visual of something coming from outside. The word of God rises from within you. It rises from your spirit. And when it does, you begin to, to ponder it. You begin to let it grow. It, it, it'll, it'll dominate your, your, your renewed mind for a while. And it will expand and you'll begin to see more about it. He's going to reveal to you X. 
And out of X, he's going to show you Y and Z. And as your heart overflows, it comes out your mouth. And the words that you speak will be like the words that Jesus speaks. They'll be spirit and they'll be life. They'll change, they'll change people that you encounter. They will actually change you. His words are spirit and life. So as his word comes into you and it grows and it becomes part of you, and then you speak out of the abundance of that heart, your words will become spirit and life. Now, Digital Cathedral, listen to me. You can memorize the whole Bible. In fact, I had a professor uh, in my undergraduate work. I, I would not have believed it if I hadn't seen it. He, he, was my Greek, he was my Greek professor. He had the whole New Testament memorized. The entirety of the New Testament. The guy was a genius. He was a social misfit. Never got married, never had really any friends. You would see him walking around campus with his Bible open and he was, he was memorizing it. He would stand up in chapel and quote the book of Romans. <laughs> Amazing. He had the whole New Testament memorized. You can memorize the entire Bible and still be lonely, still be sick. It's, it's only when that word, it's only when the word comes to you and it takes root inside does it begin to transform you. All right, let me, let, let me illustrate it. Let me show you uh, what I mean. In Psalm chapter 91, and we, we looked at that a couple of Wednesday nights ago, so I'm just going to kind of paraphrase it for you. I'm going to give you the Keithley translation. In, in uh, Psalm 91, verse 1, it says, He that dwells in the secret place of the Almighty, he that dwells there will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So when you dwell in the secret place of the Almighty, you abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And he will say that the Lord is his strength, it's his power. And then that's, those are the first two verses. Then from verses 3 to 7, he tells you all the benefits that come from that. You'll not be sick. You'll not be broke. Your life is going to prosper. Your life is going to be good. You're, you're, you're going to enjoy uh, the fruit of what the Father has for you. So verses 1 to 2 and verses 3 to 7 they're coordinated together. And he's, what he's saying to us is this. If you abide in spiritual truth, and that spiritual truth becomes reality by living in it, continually recognizing that the Father is the one source, that the Father is the only, the only course. He's the creative principle. See, when you, when you dwell in the secret place, you abide under the shadow, it's covered. You find out that He is the creative principle and He makes everything operate in your life. He's the only operative principle then there is, there is fruit that begins to grow. Now, most people concentrate. I've heard a lot of teaching on verses 3 to 7. You know, you'll, you'll not get struck by the arrow by day or the pestilence that comes by night and all those benefits. Let me tell you something. Those benefits are simply the fruits that come from abiding in the secret place. You can't chase down the benefits without the secret place. It's a natural outflow. The secret place, the secret place, as you dwell there, and he unveils himself. He begins to pull back the drape, and you begin to see him for who he is. You see him as a God of unconditional love, a father of unconditional love. You see his grace, see his mercy. You see him for who he is. That stuff, that stuff affects you. It affects your decisions. It affects your perceptions. It affects the words that you speak. Jesus, Jesus said much the same thing in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, and I quoted just a couple minutes ago, when he said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. 
people get hung up on the things they're they're going after they're confessing for the things i'm confessing for a new car confessing for a new house believing for a better job that's not how it's added to you you seek first the kingdom you dwell in the secret place of the most high you abide under the shadow you stay there you contemplate you meditate you 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 dwell there you focus there you focus on the kingdom you spend time saying, Spirit of Truth, show me how to walk in this kingdom. Show me, show me how I can express this kingdom. Let him, let him unveil to you. Again, I can teach it, but you've got to understand it. And then the natural outflow, the natural fruit of seeking the kingdom is the things will be added to you. That's what grace does. See, that's by grace. Remember I told you my definition of grace? There's a lot of them. My favorite one is this. Grace is a divine influence. That, that produces effortless change as you rest in Him. The effortless change that it will produce as you rest in Him, as He influences you, you, you dwell in the secret place. He, that's putting yourself under His influence. And as you're in that place of influence, effortless change begins to take place. You're changed from glory to glory, right? You, you look in the mirror one day and you, you see your attitudes are different. You see your outlook on life is different. The way that you talk to people, the way you handle yourself. And it's just now you. That's the word becoming your flesh. That's your flesh becoming the word. They, they all of a sudden become joined together. But it doesn't come just by seeking the things. That's where the word and faith people got all jacked up. They're always confessing for things, believing for things. No, that's, that's backwards. That's backwards. <laughs> you seek the kingdom. You dwell in the secret place of the Most High. You stay there. You dwell there. You live there. You focus there. You get some strong intentions out of there. And what he speaks to you, look, whatever he speaks to you will come to pass. I will, I, will, I will assure you of that. What he speaks to you, his word will accomplish what it's sent to accomplish. My job is to embrace that word. So walking in, in this inner revelation, walking in the life that Jesus demonstrated, which was divinity, walking in it, why haven't we demonstrated it? Why, why have we been so negligent? Why has this been such a stumbling block to us? You know, when I first began to teach that your identity is divinity and that rising to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and the new creation was way beyond anything we've ever imagined. I, 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 was, I was ridiculed. I was unfriended. I was abandoned. But now we're beginning to see what I'm talking about here. We're beginning to see it. Why have we not demonstrated the depth of our identity as divinity? I'll tell you exactly why. Are you ready? We get a drink of water. It's because we have thought and we have been taught, therefore we thought that we are just mere men. And we're not qualified. We're not righteous enough. We're not good enough to live as a joint heir with Jesus. You want to take something into the secret place? Take that one in. I'm a joint heir with Jesus. I have an inheritance from the Father. Take that into the secret place. Meditate on what does that mean to be a joint heir. I could do a series on that. I have had so much revealed about being a joint heir that it, it, it pumps me up to think, man, I, I have lived so far below being a joint heir with Jesus. I mean, gosh, that seemed mission impossible. Oh, I read the verse, never took it serious because I didn't seek it first. I didn't see that as a kingdom lifestyle. 
I didn't see that that's what the Father was trying to unveil for me. And so I restricted myself. I restricted my ability to bring into full demonstration my manifestation as a son of God with a DNA of divinity. I'm still not there. There's still little ties to me, little cords from religion and years that I'm snipping, I'm cutting off. And the more I cut off, the higher I can ascend. It's like a hot air balloon. You cut those ropes, the balloon's going up. You cut all those appendages from us that religion is attached. Even some of us that have been in this a long time, we're still attached in a lot of ways. But they're being cut off of us and we're ascending higher. We're, I'm, not, I'm not talking this morning about having uh, uh, just an understanding of a teaching. I'm talking about an experience. I'm talking about an encounter that surpasses a teaching. I can do the teaching. You have to have the experience. You have to have the encounter with the spirit of truth. And that's why I'm teaching you, I'm showing you, I'm, I'm, I'm guiding you as, as firmly but gently as I can into the secret place. I'm guiding you as gently as I can into seeking first the kingdom. That's where, that's where it's all located. I like the way Paul said it. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4, I haven't read a scripture in a little while. Let me get over there. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 23. Ephesians chapter 4. I like the way that Paul, Paul said this because he gives us room, he gives us latitude to grow in this. Verse 23, he says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That's what we're doing this morning. We're taking a different approach. We're getting a different outlook. We're seeing things from a little bit different perspective. We're renewed in the spirit of our mind. Our mind is coming into submission to what our, our spirit is being renewed to. And that you put on the new man. You put him on like a jacket. When you first put him on, man, it's like a 13-year-old putting on a man-sized 42 jacket. It's way too big. But that 13-year-old, when he's 19, 20 years old, is going to grow into that man-sized 42, 44 regular. And he'll fill it out completely. That's what Paul's getting at here. Put on the new man. Now, at this point in our journey, we, it may be too big for us. may not fit us, but we're growing into it until one day it fits us perfectly. Put on the new man, which was created according to God in righteousness and true holiness. So Paul's getting after this. He's saying that we have got to become, or we got to grow into the new man in our awareness, in our perception. It all, it all starts here as it's fed by here. The mind has got to be told what to think. And it's, it's told by the spirit. I know where you've lived before, you, you, you've said, man, I understand some things in my mind, but my spirit hasn't grasped it yet. That's backwards. You need to get it in your spirit and let your spirit renew the mind to what the spirit believes. Again, the mind is a wonderful servant. It's a terrible boss. It's a terrible Lord. Your mind should not be dictating your life. Your spirit should be. And your mind should be reporting and saying, okay, spirit man, how do you want me to think? The truth that is revealed in the secret place, the truth that is revealed as you seek first the kingdom, when you embrace it and you meditate on it, it appears, it will appear, believe me, it will appear in manifested form as you speak it then out your mouth. Embracing divinity, it opens up your awareness. Just, just saying, okay, I'm going, to, I'm going to believe that I am divine. I am going to believe my, my identity is divinity. It'll open up new dimensions. It'll open up brand new avenues of meditation.
and it brings into manifestation this new man, which has always been present in you. You've always been a new man in Christ. You were a new creation when he got up out of the grave. You got up with him. Peter said that we're born again through the resurrection. You were co-crucified, co-ascended, co-resurrected. You've always had that new man in there. The problem has been he's been covered over by junk. He's, he, he's not been able to manifest. He's been limited in his thinking. You know, he, he's, he's always been there, but, but he's not been allowed to grow. And he's not been allowed to manifest himself fully because of our thinking we're mere people. We're mere people. I run into this all the time on my ministry page, Don Keithley Ministries page, which by the way, if you're not a member there, you need to come over and join. It's where we do the secret place on Wednesday night. I run into this all the time. People have a problem when you begin to really stretch the dimensions and walk into the fullness of the measure of Christ in our lives. You, you are not a human being. The new creation is a God class of being. People struggle with that. They, they want to keep that, that mere man, but yet walk in grace, walk in all these things. No, 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 no. It's not going to manifest as long as you just think you are Joe Blow. You, my friend, are a joiner with Jesus. You're, a, you're a, a partaker of the divine nature. In Jesus dwelt the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form. And verse 10 of Colossians 3 says you are complete in him. Everything that he carries, you carry. You are, you, you are bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh, inseparable from him, filled with his essence. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 and 18. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their minds. There are people that are waking up a little bit, but the, the security they have is what Paul called the futility of their mind. If it doesn't make sense to their mind, if they can't find, if they can't find it in Scripture, they're not going to believe it. They're not going to believe it. He's going to take what you understand about your Bible. He's going to explode it with dynamite. Don't walk in the futility of your mind. He says, when you do, verse 18, you'll have your understanding darkened. You'll be alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in us because of the hardness of our heart. See, my heart was hard. I was stubborn. I had preconceived ideas. I know what the Bible says. I had a degree in systematic theology. You cannot tell me. I know. I've been pastoring for 35, 40 years at that point. I know that I know that I know. But I'll tell you what, when he busted in with grace and love and the fatherhood of God, it dynamited my theology. And when my theology got dynamited, it opened the floodgate of revelation. And that revelation is still pouring in today. When we're ready to do it, when we're, we're, when we're, we're ready at a place to say, you know what, I don't know. I don't have a handle on it all. Embracing divinity is, is the doorway into this. Beginning to see you like the Father sees you. How does the Father see you? He sees you as no longer a servant, but a son. Jesus calls you friend. Romans chapter 8 and verse 10. Powerful verse. Romans chapter 8 and verse 10. Back to the left just a little bit, and let's look what Paul told the church at Romans. Romans chapter 8 and verse 10. Man, this is good stuff today. This is really good stuff. 
He said, and if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Now, the spirit is what gives the flesh man life. That's a revelation to you. Your flesh will live as long as your spirit pumps life to it. But when your spirit leaves, the body's done. It'll drop like that suit coat I was talking about. When the spirit leaves the body, the body is done. And the spirit is decaying. I don't look like I did when I was 25 years old. The body's decaying. And yet, the spirit is renewing me day by day. I believe there could come a time when we start looking younger than we've ever looked. That we reverse the process as we tap, tap into spirit. For when we're ready to do these things I'm talking about this morning, when we do those things, here's, here's what you're going to die to daily. Paul said, we got to die daily. You know what you die daily to? One of the things, the thought that you're just a human being, the thought that you're just a person, that you're just a man, that you're just a woman, and you begin to embrace something of a different level, on a different consciousness, a different perception. You begin to open the eyes of your understanding to see who you have been developed to be the whole time. Romans chapter 8 and verse 10. This is, this is the life. Romans chapter 8 verse 10. We, we just read it. The Spirit flows out of us. It does not flow to us. The Spirit flows out of us. Jesus said, out of your belly flows rivers of living water. We're learning to live from the inside. That's where the meat to eat that the world doesn't know about. That's, that's where we come out of the futility of our minds that the other Gentiles are walking in. That's where the life of divine influence begins to change us effortlessly. It's all within. And the, and, and, and the unveiling of the, what, is, what is within is in the secret place. It, let me tell you something. If you can't shut down 15, 20 minutes a day and spend time alone with the Father in the secret place, your life's too busy. You need to cut some things out. I know you watch television more than 15 or 20 minutes a day. I know you're on that phone, on Facebook, more than 15 or 20 minutes a day. Sacrifice what you've got to sacrifice. I'm talking about revolutionizing your life. The life of spirit, the life of Jesus, the life of our divinity is a life of grace, knowing that whatever you need, the source of it is within us. And in that secret place, he pulls it out from us. You might, you might be, let me give you an example of the secret place. I was in a secret place one day. I was just minding my own business, just meditating, thinking about how good God was. I usually get started in a secret place by meditating about the love of God and the grace of God, the goodness of God. I just think about those things. The more I think about the love, I, I, I sense his presence is all around me. I'm in a secret place one day, and, and it comes up within me. Do a Zoom conference with Malcolm Smith and Steve McVeigh. We hadn't done, I've done things with Steve individually and Malcolm individually, but the three of us have never done something together. He said, do a Zoom conference. I want you to Zoom. I want you to Zoom it so people don't have to pay airplane tickets, motels, cars, rentals, food. Zoom it. But the three of you have almost 200 years of ministry experience, and you old men need to share with the next generation the journey that you've been on. So I got a hold of Malcolm, got a hold of Steve, and immediately, man, they were pumped up about it. So August 19 and 20, and I'll, I'll get some advertising out on it starting next week. It's going to be limited because it's a Zoom. We're going to do a conference in, in Bandera, Texas on Zoom. So you don't have to buy airplane tickets. This is what he instructed me. So we're, we're, we're pulling the pieces together right now. I never would have thought of that on my own. 
That was an inspired thought. Now people are going to be touched by that. And we're on a specific mission. And that is to impart what we have had deposited within us over 200 years together of ministry. And he said, you, we need to do this and call it the journey because you men have been on a journey. So we're calling the journey one. And we're going to do another one. If this works well, and we'll call it journey two, journey three, journey four. And we're going to expose where we've come from, where we're at, and where the body of Christ is going. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be good. It's going to be a Friday night and all day Saturday. <clears throat> so I'll get some information out. I'll just tell you that at the Digital Cathedral. That's the kind of thing that comes in. You may, you may have an idea drop in of, of a business. And when he, look, his word will accomplish what he sends it. If he gives you the idea for a business, that business will succeed. He will tell you how to do it if you'll stay tuned. Don't get the thought and then run off and do it on your own. You take the word that God speaks to you into your thought, into the secret place. And you, you sign it without telling people. You don't blab it. You don't let people know. You crockpot it. You let it stew. And as change begins to take place from within you, the moment that it does, you've discovered, man, that pearl of great price. You've discovered something that money can't buy. You see the kingdom of God. You see the garden that is within you. You see the storehouses within you. And all of a sudden, man, the revelation comes. I'm never going to be broke again. I'm never going to be, I'm not going to have to die sick or of disease. That's not my plight. That's not my plight. You, you see that resource that is in you. The kingdom is revealed and the word that God speaks to you becomes alive. It becomes quickened to you. And I'll tell you again, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God to you, he is faithful to accomplish every part of it. I have found that true. My experience is this. Take it from one of the old men of the three that will be doing the conference. When God speaks a word to you, hold it close. Hold it close. Embrace it. Take it into the secret place. Tune your spiritual ears to it. Don't let it depart from you. This is, there, there's no way to experience your divinity, walk in the spirit from outside stimulus. It has got to arise within. And the more that you spend time with that which rises within, the more it's going to open up to you. See, it's in him that we live. It's in him that we move. It's in him that we have our being. Colossians chapter 3. I'm just, I'm going to start landing this plane in just a minute. Colossians chapter 3. This has been a rich morning. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 3 says this. For you died, right? I'm talking about living from the inside this morning. For you died, watch, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. That's where you're at. For anything to ever reach you, it has got to come through Christ and come through God where you're located. There's nothing going to come to you. That's why in Psalm 91, you get the verses 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. All those benefits are secured because of where you're abiding, in the secret place. You died, your life is hidden with Christ in God. So when Christ, who is our life, appears, and the word there means revealed, unveiled, unpacked, you see him, then you also will appear with him in glory. So when you, when you see him, when he's revealed to you, you're going to see you. When, you, when, you, when you're in that secret place and you're meditating, what is this Christ all about? What is this Christ's life? What does it mean to have the fullness of Christ? And you're thinking about that. You're pondering it. 
And he begins to unveil to you who you're going to see is Jesus. And when you see him, you're going to see, he's going to say to you, this is exactly how you are. You are no different. And then you'll understand 1 John 4, 17, that as he is, so are you in this present world. Now that verse sounds good. Everybody quotes it. But I'll tell you what, it doesn't, it, it's, a, it's a dynamite verse, but it doesn't contain the punch and the power. There's no power punch to it until you grab hold of it for yourself in the secret place. So what we're talking about this morning is living from within. Divinity does not come flowing from the outside in. It arises from within us. I think, I think Jesus, in, in, John chapter 15, in John chapter 15 and verse 7, I think this might be my last verse for the day. John 15, verse 7, he said, If you abide in me, that's where our life is. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. Again, he's not, he didn't say if, if scripture abides in you. Now, if you want to think scripture is word of God, fine. I'm not going to debate that with you this morning. But I'm just telling you that his word does not have to be scripture. Can I, can I tell you honest truth this morning? His word has come to me through books other than the Bible. I've read books by, and I'm not going to name names this morning, but I've read books by men that are just as inspired by the same spirit of revelation as what you feel scripture was. And he's spoken to me clearly through what I've read other, other places. Right? But he said, if his word abides in you, the word that he speaks to you, that's the point I'm getting at. When he quickens it, he makes it alive. That's a word he speaks to you. And that grows in your heart. Now watch what he says then. You shall ask whatever you desire. You know what your desire is going to be? The word that he spoke to you that has grown in your heart. It's not going to be some crazy figment of your imagination. It's going to be what he has quickened to you. And you've, you've taken it into the secret place and it's grown. He said, then whatever you ask, whatever you desire, it will be done for you. Do you see the progress there? You take his word into you. He said, the word that I speak to you, spirit and life, you take that word in. Man, I hope this message is driving deep this morning. You take that word within, you, 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 you meditate, you put imagination to it. You picture it out. You see it in full expression. And then you go and you say, this is really what I desire. This is what I want. And he said, the word that I gave to you, I'm faithful to accomplish it. So embracing divinity, here's what it means. It means you got to release your humanity. Every day you're going to think, I'm just a man. You're going to make a mistake, think, I'm just a man. I'm not a joint. How could I be of the God class of being and follow up like I followed up? You've got to release that false identity and know that you are not what you do. You are who you be. So you're living now in a dimension of spirit where everything you see taking place outside, you see through that lens. You th see through the lens of what is real in inside of you. Now you can say all things work together for good to those that love God, to those that are called according to his purpose. Because you're looking at what you would have thought before was a negative circumstance. You've taken that negative circumstance into the secret place. The Father's unveiled his will and what's going to transpire through what before would have repulsed you, Re repelled you, you would have resisted, you would have bound the devil, <laughs> taking it into the deliverance ministry. Now you take it in the secret place, you're seeing it through a different perspective. And he's saying, here's what I want you to pull out of that because I'm going to put you in a place where somebody's going to need what I'm teaching you. School of the Spirit, brother, school of the Spirit. So every day, every day, shut yourself down. 
Uh, you'll get so adept at this, listen to me, you're going to get so adept at this that you can shut yourself down driving your car. Now don't try that at first. You need to get off in your bedroom into a closet outside, sitting in a lawn chair, I don't care where, but shut yourself down every day, 15, 20 minutes. Don't make that a bondage, but you need to shut down and just listen. And when you do that, it changes your perception. When you do that, it changes your intentions, it changes your thoughts, it changes your words, it changes your mindset. Because you have encountered in that quiet time the source of wisdom himself, the source of knowledge. Somebody will come to you with a problem, you'll speak a solution, and you, you'll say, I can't even, I, that was beyond me. You may not say it, but you're thinking, where'd that come from? It came from what you pulled up during the secret time. It became part of you. It's all about the branch staying connected to the vine so that when the, when the branch is exposed to something, it's the life of the vine that flows to it and through it. They are one and the same and the fruit they produce will be as a result of that connection. I'm telling you folks, the Father has brought you to this very point and He's not going to let you stray off into la-la land. People say, well, man, if I begin to follow the Spirit, I don't make the Bible my supreme guide, I might make a mistake. You will make a mistake, but the spirit of truth, like a GPS, he'll take you down, turn you around and put you back on course. He's developing you. You did not choose him. He chose you to be where you're at right now. And that's why I'm here to minister to you and to help you to get to where you're going. Some of you from Australia, Africa, England, we never met before. We may never meet in the flesh, but God has put me in your path to help you to get to where you're going. And your production is never going to end. This is just the start of the journey. There may come a day that somebody else comes in and you then begin to tag onto them because where I take you to may not then move you to where you need to go. There, when, the, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. See, the way of embracing with joy and enthusiasm, your divinity, your full divinity is in front of you. The door's been wide open. It is wide open for you to walk through, so be open. My message this morning is to be open to everything that he has for you. Amen? All right. This has been some heavy revy this morning. I want you to embrace it, crockpot it, stew on it, take it into the quiet place, and let him help you understand it. I teach it, and he helps you understand it. Amen? See you Wednesday night to Secret Place, 7 o'clock Central, on the Don Keithley Ministry page, and back next week again for the Digital Cathedral. And we're gonna to continue to explore some really deep stuff. So make sure you're with me. Don't miss one week because you're gonna miss a brick in the wall. All right, see you next time.